Open your Bibles, please, to the book of Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. How many of you glad you're here? Say amen. amen. I had the opportunity to meet several of our visitors and guests. Glad that you're here. Appreciate so much all of you being here. And uh, we hope that you receive a warm welcome. You'll come back and be with us again. Look in the book of Romans, please. In chapter number 6, I'll read one verse and I'll pray. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Will you bow with me for prayer? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, our Father, for your marvelous grace. God, we've been blessed already this morning by the, the choir, by Tim and Wendy and by Brother Brad. And Lord, thank you for allowing us to be here with God's people. I pray again, our Father, for that anointing that will make the difference. I pray, our Father, that God, you'd speak to hearts supernaturally this morning. I pray, God, that, Lord, that you'd invade, our Father, the hearts and the spirit of men and women, boys and girls. I pray not that I just speak to their minds, but, God, that you'd speak to their hearts. And, God, I pray somebody be saved this morning, somebody be helped. And I pray, God, that you'd use this time for your glory. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The wages of sin is death. I was made aware recently that in America... There's not much of a concept of sin. If you look around you, wherever you are, anywhere you go, even in, in Christian religious circles, the concept of sin is almost completely gone. People talk about relationships. They talk about uh, happiness. They talk about fulfillment. But what about sin? Whatever happened to sin in America? Whatever happened to sin? Many years ago, I was reading the account of D.O. Moody in one of his evangelistic campaigns. And he was given that appeal that Jesus died to save sinners. And a woman, well-dressed woman came down and she said, Dr. Moody said, I would like to become a Christian. Will you pray for me? And so he began to pray, God, I pray you'd have mercy on this wicked sinner. I pray God you'd forgive her and purge her of all her filthiness. In the middle of his prayer, he stopped her. And he said, she said to him, Mr. Moody, that's not me. I'm not like that. And he said, well, ma'am, go back to your seat until you become like that. Because God can only save sinners. Men have sinned and the wage of sin is death. And, and, and I wondered, what makes sin, sin? I mean, just because I say something's right or wrong, does that make it, make it a, a sin? You have your opinion, I have my opinion about certain things. Uh, somebody said, is it, is it uh, wrong to fish? Is it a sin to fish? They always, in revivals, they always pick on Peter going off fishing, said he backslid and went fishing. And uh, is it wrong to, to go fishing? Things like that. Is it wrong to do this, that, and the other? Who, who said it was wrong? Who said it was wrong to have sex before marriage? Who said it was wrong to have uh, uh, sex with several partners even after marriage? Who said it was wrong to do certain things. Who said it was wrong that if you have a need that you don't just go get it and take it from wherever it's at? That's called stealing. Why don't you do that? Why, what, what's wrong with not telling the truth? Who said that was wrong? I mean, this is survival of the fittest after all. And that's what they talk about all the time in television. And, and, and so whatever you need, you take it. And whatever you, you know, what's wrong with all of that? 
What makes something a sin? Why is it a sin? What makes sin, sin? Do the animals have any concept of sin? They live, they exist, and they die, and they're gone. Who said sin was sin? What makes a sin a sin? What is sin? Well, I want you to take your Bible and turn over to a passage of Scripture. Now, you understand I'm not going to finish this morning. Matter of fact, this is going to turn out to be a long series because I want us to understand something of the concept of sin because without sin, there's no repentance. And without repentance, there's no salvation. And unless we have a consciousness of our sin individually and in this nation, we'll never see revival. We'll never have salvation until we know that we're sinners, until we need something. Notice, if you will, please turn over to the book of 1 John. What is sin? What is sin? Let me read what is in, the, in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4. Whoso committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Sin is the transgression of the law. Now, transgression means to step beyond the bounds. It means to step over a line. If you see a sign that says no trespassing, that means there's a border there. There's a line that somebody owns property or whatever, and it's a registered deed in the courthouse. And if you step across that line, you have trespassed. You stepped across the boundary. You stepped across the border. And God has set some parameters for what's good and right and holy and for what is sin. God's the one who decided that. Now, why does he have a right to do that? And what is the, what's sin all about? Well, the Bible says that God created and fashioned man out of the dust of the earth, breathing his nostrils, breath of life. He created the world. He fashioned this world. Before he ever made man, he had everything ready. Had the atmosphere ready, had the right, right mixture of uh, hydrogen and oxygen, had the right mixture so that human life could be sustained. He had water. He had vegetation. He had plants. He had animals. He had everything. He fashioned a beautiful garden, and he formed man out of the dust of the earth, breathing into his nostrils the breath of life. Man became a living soul. He took a rib out of man's side and made the woman. He placed them in that garden. And the Bible said that when God saw the air, when he saw the water, when he saw the vegetation, when he saw the fowls of the air and all the animals on the earth, when he saw man in that garden, he said, that's good. He said, I have fashioned and created my masterpiece. God created an image of God. He said, I've given everything to make him healthy and happy and holy. He can live here and exist here and have every need ever always fulfilled. That's a perfect environment for him. Perfect environment. It's his only desire was to fashion man. And the Bible says that he walked with Adam in the cool of the day. They talked, they fellowship. Everything was perfect. That man had everything he needed. Had, had a perfect wife, lived in a perfect environment because that was God's plan for his life. But something happened. What happened? Sin entered the world. Way back down before that time, God had created angelic beings. He created angels. One of those angels, Lucifer, kept not his first estate. He got out of his bounds. He stepped across the line. God had fashioned him to be his servant, fashioned him to cry holy, 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 fashioned him to be at, 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 his, uh, at his disposal, 
fashioned him to exist in that environment. He could have been perfectly content, could have been perfectly happy as an angel is. But he didn't choose to do that. He wanted something different than God's plan. And so he stepped out of that. And because of that, he sinned. Because of that, he was cast out of heaven. And and a great host of other angels came with him. They're called demons. But he didn't stop there. Having fashioned man, God having fashioned man, put in that wonderful garden, something happens. Satan comes and he comes to Eve. And God had said to Adam, everything in this garden is yours except for this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You don't need that. I've got everything you need. But he wanted something different than God's plan. And so what he really did is more than just eating that fruit. It's rebellion against God. It's saying, I don't want to go God's way. I want to go my way. It's believing that God didn't mean what he said. It's doubting the word of God. It's saying, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe God knows best for me. I'm not, I, there's got to be more to this than living in a perfect environment with a perfect woman, never having a pain, never crying, never, never experiencing anything like that. I, 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 don't, I believe there's got to be something better than just walking around and breathing celestial air and being in perfect harmony and there be no thorns or thistles or no, no, no problems. I, I, I believe there ought to be something different than not ever having to sweat. There ought to be something better than that. And Satan came. Look back in your Bibles, please, if you will, in chapter number five. Look back in chapter five of the book of Romans. I'm sorry, Romans chapter five. And listen to what it said. In Romans chapter five, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed where there's no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had, no, had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is a figure of him that was to come. He says that by one man, sin entered the world. Here's a man in perfect harmony with God. And God just sets one little bound. He said, Adam, you don't need that. You don't need that fruit. I've got everything you need. But he rebelled against God's word. He rebelled against what God wanted. And when he did that, the whole thing crumbled down. I, I, I was trying to figure some way to help us to understand what sin is, what it's like and how it affects us and how it affects God. I, I, was, I was trying to envision that. And, and strangely, my wife was, and I were watching the Food Network of all things, when you get old, you watch Food Network. <laughs> they were doing these cake, I don't know what it was, but they were making these very elaborate cakes. And they were not only to be decorative and, 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 and had to taste good, but they had to have a type of animation about them. They had to have something mechanical moving in it. And so these creators worked hard to, to form and fashion and bake And they decorated and used all of their abilities and skill to create this wonderful tasting cake. And then they used all their artistic abilities to decorate the cakes. And then they used what little bit of engineering knowledge they had or or, or mechanical engineering. And they engineered roller coasters or whatever it was. And they brought it in and and the people looked at it and and all of these cakes looked nice. They were intricate and, and well designed and beautiful. And then they had to turn them on and 
having to work. And the creator of those cakes stood there and watched those cakes. And, and, and as they, one of them turned on something, it, it went around and it went haywire and it fell off the little rail it's supposed to be on. It fell down through the cake and the whole thing just crumbled. Everybody was, was astonished and, and the, you could just see the judges doing like that. That's a sad, pitiful thing. And, the, and then the, the, the man who had made it, he was humiliated. He was dishonored. And the cake itself was destroyed. Sin, God fashioned and created everything. Now, the problem with those cakes was human error. But when God created man, it was perfect. Everything was perfect. Whereas by one man, sin entered the world. Adam disobeyed God. And when he did, everything got out of kelter. You see, when God created the world, he created it with bounds. One of those is called the law of gravity. You and I can walk. We can ride in automobiles. We can, we can fly in airplanes. We can swim. We can enjoy all of God's creation. But if you would go up on top of Grandfather Mountain, and stand and watch those birds as they sail across out there. And you decided, you know, I'm just not happy walking. I'm not happy swimming. I don't plan to drive home in my Buick. I'm going to fly like a bird. And you walk out to the, that brow of that grandfather mountain. And you just dive off with the very best intentions in the world. You'll be dead. You know why? Because you stepped across the bound called gravity. God had a bound that you had to stay in. Adam lived in an environment that's perfect, had everything he ever needed. But he stepped across the line. And when he did, it was all like a house of cards. The whole thing fell down. It's kind of like a locomotive. I'm always fascinated when I see those things and all those cars and all that weight and they're going down. But occasionally that thing derails. And unfortunately, the engine doesn't derail by itself. Everything behind it's pulled down. There's devastation. There's fire. There's destruction. and, And it's awful thing when that engine derails. Adam was the, is the father of the human race. He is the first Adam. And when he did that, all of human race derailed. By him, sin entered into the world. And we've stepped out of God's bounds. What is sin? Sin is that stepping across, transgressing God's law. It's what God wants. Now we have, see, because of our fallen nature, because of that we, we are living as a depraved person, we're living because of sin in us by nature, not just by action, but by nature. We have a really weird concept of God. We've got an idea that there's a big old God up there somewhere that doesn't want us to have anything and that he doesn't want us to have fun. And, 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 and if we're going to, if we ever going to line up with him, what we're going to do, we're going to have all the fun we can and enjoy our life. We're going to enjoy all, all of the, the fleshly desires and everything else before we ever decide to be an old fogey and believe in God. But the Lord God fashioned us and it was good. And his desire is for us to be happy 
His desires for us to be holy. His desires for us to have every need fulfilled. But because we are depraved, we don't see that. We think we know best, like Adam thought he knew best. And we try our best to get away from God and we run from God. And what happened when Adam sinned, he was created in fashion and image of God. Then he became distorted and disfigured. He died spiritually and all of his descendants have died spiritually. They're, they've been deformed. They've been born that way. Genetics, we we'll know, has a lot to do with a lot of things. Color of your eyes your, and your hair and so on. The temperament quite often is determined by genetics. Where sins passed down through the generation of man, all born in Adam's race, were born totally depraved. They're alienated from God. They don't have a God consciousness. They don't have a God mind. They don't, they don't desire to serve God. They, they were repelled by the thought of God. There's none that seeketh after God. No, not one. There's none that understandeth the Bible saying that's what men are. That's the way they're born. They are born in rebellion to God. They are born with a tendency to go into sin. The Bible said, whereas by one man sin entered the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men in that all have sinned. It passed on down the line. And people do that. And sin is that stepping across the line. It's getting out of, it's getting out of God's bound. That word law also gives us a negative connotation. It always makes us think of a restriction and, and, and a conf, confining type thing. And a hindering type thing. But it's not. The law of God, the Bible said, is good and perfect and holy and precious. Because living in the confines of God's law, which is far more, he, the law of God existed before the Ten Commandments. And the Lord Jesus Christ came and he amplified on that. And he said, the law is that you love one another, love the Lord God with all your heart, love one another. What he's saying is, he said, here's the guideline. Here's the rules of the game. Now, if you play any kind of sports at all, there are rules. Those rules are not there to hurt you. But if you transgress those laws, it will affect you. It, you'll have to forfeit the game or it causes problems. It, and, and, you know, uh, there's all kind of things that you, you reap horrible benefits if you step out of the bounds of those laws of the game. And so it is with, with the law of God. God's law was not a confining type thing. God's law was not something to bind man. God's law was not something to hamper and hinder and to hurt man. God's law is not something to rob you of joy and peace. It is the very thing that can give you joy and peace. To live in harmony with God's plan. It's God's plan. Now God gave a revelation of some of that law when he gave the Ten Commandments. He's, and the law issues out of God. It issues out of God. And, and, it, and it's the very nature and essence of God written down so we can understand just a portion of it, not, not all of it. But he said, I'll give you some guidelines. But man was depraved. Transgression of the law. Step across the law. Because Adam sinned, all men had that depravity. They just about couldn't stay in there, you know, in the confines of where God wanted it. It's kind of like if you have this concept, you think about a pasture. When I ride back and forth up to Bojangles, I always go by the farm over here on Raleigh Road. 
and see those cows out there. And they in that fence. And they got, the, they got feed for them. They got water for them. And they haul feed out there and they do all that thing. And boy, they just get just fat and shiny as they can be. But here's a, a cow that's in this pasture and it's got everything it needs. It's got good water, got good food and, and taken care of. And the farmer makes sure that it doesn't have any insects and parasites and all those things. Takes good care of it. It'd be like that cow just jumping over the fence and getting in a, a hog wallet and wallowing in the hog wallet with the hogs. That's, he's got out of his element. He's got away from where, what's planned for him. And that's what it is to sin. That's what sin's all about. Sin, my dear friend, is a step across the line. How does it affect a holy God? God fashioned man perfectly. And he meant for that man to live in a perfect environment had ever need met. And his very life would glorify God. Just like that cake, when it was designed and, and it was so beautiful, when people look at that cake, they don't say, boy, that, you know, that's a good cake. That, that cake did its, you know, it did its own thing. They knew the baker did that. They knew the baker did that. And when they, when they compliment on the cake, they're complimenting the baker. They say how beautiful it is. They say, you did a great job. When they say how tasty, how tasty it is, how good it tastes, they're complimenting the, the, the baker. And sin dishonors God. God created us to be happy and to be holy and be right. And see now a woman on drugs. See one who thought that she'd find happiness in a needle or in meth. See her eyes sunk in her head. See the disease in her body. See her condemned by the law. Now you see. And the devil says, is that what you created? Is that the best you could do? Is that all you could do? You're not a good God. You're not a good creator. It dishonors God. It robs God of his glory. Your sin robs God of his glory. It makes people think that your God is a weak God, an unclean God, an unholy God, a God who has no ability. That's what your sin does to God. It dishonors God. Brings reproach on his name. People look at people who, who say they're Christians or people uh, in general in sin. They mock God because of that. Brings mockery to God and dishonor to God. But the wages of sin is death. The payment of sin is death. Here's an here's a electrical outlet. There's 220 volts coursing through that. And I, I'm going to take two wires and jam in there. The sign says danger, 220 volts, danger. The law of, of uh, whatever that law would be, electrical current or whatever, says I must not stick wires in there and be grounded. But I reject that law. I know better. And so I walk up and I take those wires and I hold those wires and I stick those wires in that outlet. 220 volts course through my body. I'm well grounded and I shake and shake until my heart explodes. Did God do that? Or did you do that because you disobeyed the law? Oh, that is 110 degrees outside. 
and I have a window air conditioner or air conditioner and there's a plug hanging in and I take that plug and I plug it in that 220 volt and it immediately begins to blow, you know, into that room, sucks out all the heat, blows in cool air and the room outside temperature 102 degrees and inside now it's 60 or 70 degrees and comfortable. That's what that plug was intended for, for your joy and for your pleasure. And you perverted it. And when you step across and you pervert God's law, it kills you. Don't blame God for that. God just simply said, here it is. I set before you life and death. I mean, if you, if you, if you live according to, to my word, you can live and have joy and peace. If you want to die, grab the wire. If you want to die, step across the line. If you want to die, do that. Sin does that. Why is sin sin? Sin stepped across the line. And the wage of sin is death. God has his parameters called his law. Not just the Ten Commandments. It is God's person. It's his, it's his law. And when you rebel against that, you bring death into your own life and into your descendants. Now, here's the problem. How, if God was not willing for man to go on and sin generation after generation after generation, And though they may want to do good, they couldn't do good because they have a wicked nature. And when God gave the law, the law was never given to give life. Paul said the law, when God wrote down the law, that's just a portion of God's holiness to reveal that you should not commit adultery, that you shouldn't steal, you shouldn't lie, you shouldn't do those things. And if you were in God's perfect environment, you wouldn't do those things. Nobody else would. But man couldn't keep the law. It's weak through the flesh, the Bible says. The law was never given to give life. Man was already dead in trespasses and sin. What was it for? He said the law was given that every mouth might be stopped and all the world become guilty. Come to that place where you recognize you were a sinner. He came in the garden after Adam had sinned and he walked. Where was Adam? Adam went and hid himself. He'd had sweet communion with God, but he'd stepped across the line. And now, instead of having an attraction to God, he has an aversion to God. He wants to stay away from God. That's why you do. Because you're just like Adam. In Adam, all die. I, I just want to tell you that. Your aversion to God and not wanting God, not wanting to live for God, not wanting to be in the house of God, not wanting to be a Christian, not wanting to accept Christ. That, that's not your intellect. That's your wicked nature. And the wage of sin is death. Adam didn't want to be where God's at either. But God came to where Adam was. Adam had tried to clothe himself. And God said to Adam, where art thou? And he was confronted with his sin. And the Bible says that God then slew some animals, took away the old fig leaves, And clothe them with those skins. I think that's a type of a picture for us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, Whereas by one man sinned into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, in that all have sinned. Sin came into this world by Adam. 
But notice, if you will, please, in the book of Romans in chapter number five again. Notice what it says a little further in that passage of scripture where he says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, and whereas by one man sin and dwell on death by sin. Notice what it says in verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the gift, a free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. What's he saying? He said the only cure for Adam's sin, the only cure for anybody's sin is the other man. The other man's name is Jesus. Jesus. The Bible said the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what I just read to you. And the way that God took care of that sin was when you stepped over the line and sin brought death in your life. Jesus Christ bore that death in his own body, bore that sin in his own body. And on, on Calvary, he died for us. Christ died, the Bible said, for the ungodly. Scarcely for the right, for a righteous man would one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God committed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He paid that sin debt. Now here's the law. Here's, here's God's boundary. If you step across it and you already have in Adam and you have individually because you've sinned, you're, you're bound. Death's already pronounced upon you. He that believeth not is condemned already. There's only one out for you. There's only one help for you. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's another line that has to be stepped across. It has to be from out of darkness in the light, from death to life. The only problem is you can't do that yourself. But he can. The wages of sin is death. That's wages of what you deserve. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a gift. Adam didn't go looking for Jesus or for God. God went looking for him. And you, you who are saved, you didn't go hunting Jesus. He came where you were to rescue you and to save you and to forgive you of all your sin. Whereas by one man's sin, whereas by one man's sin in the world, so also is the free gift. It says that in the book of Romans. It is a free gift. How do you get it? How do you get that gift? The Bible said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If you by act of faith would do that. By one act of disobedience, Adam sinned and derailed the whole outfit. But you as an individual man, a woman, a boy, a girl can change every bit of that. By one act of faith and coming to the Lord in total submission and say, God, I am a sinner. Save me right now. I want you to bow your heads and pray with every head bowed, every eye closed. What makes sin, sin? What makes sin, sin? You see, the issue is not sins. Sins, whether it's adultery or lying or cheating or stealing, that all comes about because of sin. 
because there's been a derailing. The smoke, the fire, the loud noises, all that's a result of the derailing of a train. And when sin entered the world, it derailed the whole human race. You're in Adam's race. You are a sinner. And you sin, you do sins because you're a sinner. And all the way to get out of that is to be saved. Become a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. To be born again. Christ explained that in detail to Nicodemus. My dear friend, the gospel is this. That Jesus Christ bore your sins in his own body on the tree. He suffered and bled and died for you. He was buried. He rose again. He's alive now. He has placed on the mercy seat of God in heaven his own blood for the remission of your sin. And by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be saved. But if you don't trust him, there's no hope for you. Our Heavenly Father, I ask this morning that God the Holy Ghost will make perfectly clear in the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls the truth of this matter of sin. Our Father, I pray God the Holy Ghost will speak to hearts and they'll understand that because of Adam's sin, sin came into the world. They have a nature of sin. They have an old Adamic nature. They do sin because of who they are and because of the fact that they're part of that race and they are sinners. And God, I pray right now the Holy Ghost of God would help them to understand that whereas by one man sin entered the world and death by sin, so also by one man is the free gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, I pray right now that somebody would say, I'm tired of trying. I'm tired of living in sin. I'm tired of not having the joy of peace. If it can be had, I want to have it in Jesus Christ. And today I'll come by faith and call on him. I pray, God, they do that now. I pray, blessed Lord Jesus, God, that some man, woman, boy, girl, that you'd make real to them the gospel. That by faith would respond. Now, dear friends, while we are praying, I want you to stand with your heads bowed and eyes are closed for a moment. Brad's going to sing a verse of a song. I'm not going to keep you very long. God, the Holy Ghost of God spoke to your heart. You need to respond. If you're not saved, he'll save you. He'll save you. I am convinced that we have a very non-biblical view of sin and salvation in America. I I want you to understand that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God and the wage of sin is death. But the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You can be saved today. But when we've been saved, those of us who are saved, if we live a life after we've been saved, if we disobey the Lord, where we don't live in the parameters of his, his guidelines for us in the word of God. When we sin, it dishonors him. It grieves the Holy Ghost of God. It brings a reproach on the name of Christ. And there are consequences for us as well. And my dear friend, if you're a Christian, some of you may need to come. The Bible said if you confess your sins... He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you.
You may need to come and confess sins this morning that you've committed. Be honest with God and he'll give you joy and peace.